Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Successful Methods for Perfusion Process Optimization. I'm Brandy Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Dr. Andres Castan. Dr. Castan is a principal scientist for GE Healthcare's life sciences business. In this role, Andreas provides leadership and support to the bioprocess business. His main area of expertise is in upstream processing. Prior to joining GE Healthcare, Andreas was director of upstream development at Swedish Orphan BioVitrum AB, working with development of expression systems, process development of microbial and mammalian cell-based processes, and scale-up to CGMP manufacturing scales. During the last 20 years, Andreas has held several positions within biopharmaceutical development, including project and line management, as well as manufacturing. I wanted to start um, today by asking, what makes Perfusion a good manufacturing platform? Uh, for me, there are several reasons to, to go for Perfusion. Uh, perfusion allows short residence times in the reactor through the continuous addition of fresh medium and the removal of harvest. And that makes it, of course, suitable for, for unstable molecules. Uh, perfusion allows to run processes also with, with high volumetric productivities by maintaining high cell densities over a long time with many opportunities for process intensification. And perfusion can be a convenient way to keep quickly get started with your production of material, given that you have a good batch medium that the cells like. Are there specific product types or situations that are an especially good fit for perfusion? Oh, yes, yes, there are. Uh, I see three areas. One, of course, is the production of, of unstable products, as, as, as mentioned before. Uh, then there is uh, integrated continuous manufacturing platforms that leverage the, the higher volumetric productivities and where the continuous harvest upstream is, is connected to a continuous downstream operation. Finally, there is all types of process intensification for removing bottlenecks. Uh, that could be in cell bank manufacturing to produce high cell density cell banks. It could be in the seed train to emit seed uh, train stages or produce a high VCD inoculum. And finally, it could be hybrid processes between perfusion and fat batch. And with respect to uh, perfusion processes, uh, could you describe the importance of optimization and then what are the various approaches for optimization? Yes, optimization is of course very important to gain the product quality and the process economy that you're aiming at. The cell culture medium here is of course the most important component to optimize. In order to get a good throughput in the optimization, it needs to be performed in a, in a scale-down model. However, the results needs to be verified under bioreactor conditions. That could be then in, a, in an amber or as we use the, the Wave 25 system. I saw a recent poster that you presented at ESAC. And in this poster, you discussed the development of perfusion-specific media. I'm wondering if you could discuss a little bit about designing medium that supports low cell-specific perfusion rates. And also, could you explain what cell-specific perfusion rate is and why a low one would be important. Yes, I want to, to start with ex explaining what, what cell-specific perfusion rate is. It is the volume of, of medium that is added per cell and, and day. 
so let's assume you, you have a medium that supports a cell-specific perfusion rate, and I, I call this the CSPR of, of 50. And if you want to run the process at 30 billion cells per ml, your volumetric perfusion rate, that is the bioreactor volumes per day, uh, will be 1.5. If you want to use the, the same medium uh, and run the process at 100 million cells per ml, you will need to have a volumetric perfusion rates of, of five reactor volumes per day. And that is, of course, uh, unfeasible in a, in a production situation. Assuming that you have a, a medium with a better depth and which allows you to, to run a, a cell-specific perfusion rate of, of 10 picoliter per cell a day, the same cell densities, uh, 30 million cells per ml, result in, in 0.3 reactor volumes per day, 100 million cells per ml will result in, in one reactor volume per day. And that is, of course, uh, a feasible, sustainable manufacturing process. In our, our recent work, we, we have investigated screening methods to develop media that allow uh, very low CSBRs. Our starting point was the, 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 the basal medium, and we screened uh, different feed solutions that we call cell boost in, in batch mode. The cell boost with a positive impact were then taken to a DOE study in twin tu uh, spin tubes uh, that is under pseudo-perfusion conditions. The DOE resulted in formulations that were then taken to, to bioreactor perfusions in WAVE or in the, in the XDR. That's really interesting, and thank you for explaining that. I had another question. Um, this is something that comes up, I think, a lot in terms of media in general, and that is, what if you already have a medium that your cells are performing well in? Can you turn a fed batch medium into a perfusion medium? Yes, transferring a fed batch into a perfusion process is something I get many, many questions around. The, the methodology that, that, that I described uh, on, on the poster worked actually very nicely for taking a fat batch medium with, with its feeds uh, into a perfusion medium. And, and by the way, we, we also published a paper on this topic a month ago in, in Biotechnology Progress together with a, with a group at, at MedImmune, uh, where we did this uh, for two cell lines and, and three fat batch media and, and, and feeds. So, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, that can be easily be, be accomplished with the, with the methodology described. And I just wanted to say for our listeners, I will have links to the poster as well as um, I can get a link to the paper and post that in the show notes as well. So you can easily find those uh, references that Andreas is referring to. How did the methodology work in the case study that you presented in the poster? The first thing I want to, to mention is that it's a, a very fast method. The batch screening takes basically only, only one week, and the pseudoperfusion uh, design of experiment study, two weeks. So, so within a month, uh, you have the composition for a, for a perfusion medium that fits your, your clone that is, is your production cell line. Uh, we use this methodology for, for two media, uh, ActiPro and, and CDM for NS0 uh, for our internal Herceptin-producing cell line. Both media were, were then run in, in bioreactor perfusions. And for both media, 
uh, we could achieve uh, CSPRs below 20 picoliter per, per cell and day. And when we were pushing one media, we could even get down to, to seven picoliters per, per cell and, and day. At the same time, uh, the cell-specific productivity was comparable to, to values that we were seeing in, in batch culture. So uh, pushing down the, the amount of, of media perfused through the bioreactor did not compromise the, the productivity. Uh, one of the other things I really liked about the poster was in the case study, you use small scale models and then transfer the process to a 50 liter stirred tank bioreactor. I was wondering if you could tell listeners how predictable was your chosen scale down model? Uh, yeah, we used the developed media uh, from PD scale, from the spin tubes to perfusion bioreactors where the, the Wave 25 has been our, our working horse. So the Wave 25 uh, allowed us to, to reach more than 200 million cells per, per ml. In addition to the PD scale perfusions, we also scaled up to the, to the next DR50 uh, bioreactor with, with TFF, TFF. The spin tube model was was very good for predicting most parameters like the, the peak VDs uh, reached, the titus, QP, uh, growth rates, CSPR, uh, the glucose and lactate metabolism, uh, osmolarity, and product quality like, like charge variants and, and aggregates. Uh, however, the model was not perfect uh, for predicting the, the, the glutamates, uh, the glutamate uh, me metabolism. Uh, even for the glycan distribution, uh, we saw some subtle differences between the spin tube and the, the PD scale bioreactor, that is the, the, the wave or the, the later the, the XDR. And then, how predictable was your performance between your process development and the 50 liter scale? The performance between the, the Wave 25 and the, the XDR50 perfusion was, was very good for, for all parameters, actually. Uh, both uh, growth-related, uh, metabolism-related, and, and finally product-related. I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit. We're talking a lot about media optimization, but another approach to optimizing perfusion processes is to optimize the equipment used in the process. In another poster that you present at ESAC, you present the use of hydrocyclones for cell separation. And I was hoping you could describe a little bit about how hydrocyclones work and why they make an attractive alternative to traditional cell separation devices. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, hydrocyclone is a device comprising of a cylindrical and, and a conical part, enabling a, a centrifugal separation uh, provided by the by the feed uh, suspension introduced tangentially at, at high flow rates into the into the device. So the the absence of of rotors or, or moving parts apart from its compactness makes it an interesting alternative to perfusion in long term operation. So in other words, uh, a simple device uh, that is not prone to to clogging or or seeding effects that is, is uh, usually seen with, with filtration-based devices. What were your experiences with the hydrocyclone in your case study? 
Uh, we investigated separation efficiencies at, at different flow rates, different cell concentrations, and integrations of, of the hydrocyclone with the, with the bioreactor. We found that separation efficiencies of 70 to 80% could be achieved uh, with the current hydrocyclone design. We ran a perfusion process in an XDR50 bioreactor at 50 million cells per ml for, for more than two weeks uh, in, in, a, in a very stable con condition. So um, it, it, it was a very, very successful uh, test of, of the device. Yeah, thank you. I thought it was really, really interesting to read the poster. We've talked about several different optimization methods, but I wanted to kind of come back and summarize a little bit. If companies are limited in time and or resources for optimizing their perfusion processes, do you have some advice on what you would focus on first? Uh, it's, it's definitely the medium that you should focus on. Uh, as explained, is the CSPR or, or a low CSPR the key to reaching high volumetric productivities, low volumetric perfusion rates, and high product concentrations, and as a result, a good process economy. Then you can consider what could be a relevant production scale and how you could leverage perfusion to decrease the production scale. In the biotechnology progress publication I mentioned, we show that the Wave 25 culture could be operated for almost 30 days at VCDs between 80 and 100 million cells per ml. Uh, in the largest cell bag at, at a working volume of, of 25 liter, the, the wave reactor can easily deliver 40 grams of, of MAPS per, per, per day. Thank you so much. This has been really interesting, and I think perfusion is such an important manufacturing process to consider. And moving forward, I expect we'll see more and more perfusion processes in the industry. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add for our listeners before we close for the day? Yes. B before moving into perfusion, you should ask yourself what makes most sense for you. What is your infrastructure? What are your prerequisites? What is your platform and previous knowledge? Then you can decide where perfusion makes most sense in your process, whether it's in cell bank manufacturing, seed train, or in your production bioreactor. The medium is then the most important factor to work with. I hope I have given you the feeling that it is not difficult to use existing media or cell boost to develop a perfusion medium that fits your clone. In this, this method, however, is adding new components uh, all the time and making the medium richer and richer. Uh, before moving into a preclinical or clinical production, I would recommend to discuss the perfusion medium with your high clone application specialist to see if components can as well be removed. That is to decrease, for example, osmolarity, but also discuss the, the manufacturability of the medium for, for the scale up that, that you anticipate. Yes, thank you so much. This, as I mentioned, it's been a really interesting podcast and I really appreciate, I think these are a lot of questions that people have about optimizing uh, perfusion processes 
and I think it's a really good information to get out there that you can take FI batch media and and make it into a perfusion media and I think that that's really uh, important. So as I mentioned all of the the posters we discussed and the paper um, we'll have links to those in the show notes so uh, people can access those easily. Thank you so much. Thank you again for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.